0: It's time for you talking to me with your host, Big JD.
1: That's right. You're listening to You talking to Me. I'm your host, Big JD. My guest today, Palm Springs, Florida-based psychologist and addiction counselor, Dr. Donna Marks, who says we need to connect with ourselves and love ourselves as part of her technique in combining psychotherapy and spirituality in her practice. She's the recipient of numerous awards, including the Peter Fairclough Memorial Recognition Award for Service to the Community, Outstanding Contribution to Development of a Chemical Dependency Program, currently a four-year degree at Palm Beach State, the Community Service Award from the Governor's Council for Community Health, and another for her work on the Certified Addiction Professional Advisory Board. And she's here to talk to us today about how COVID-19 and the current crisis affects those with addictions. Without further ado, Dr. Marks, welcome to you talking to me. Thank you, Big J.D. How you doing? Doing good under the circumstances, I guess, and, and yourself.
0: I'm doing really well.
1: Good. So uh, let's dive right in. Let's talk about forced isolation for those with addictions and the dangers this can lead to, which you say can be even deadlier than the COVID-19 virus that led us to this situation. I mean, uh, you talk about ramping up addictions, the stress of unemployment, fears of death and closed down recovery meetings. This is a, a significant topic that really needs to be top of mind right now, I think. And so what's going on with respect to these dangers? What are you seeing, especially with respect to those going through this and their addictions at the same time?
0: Yes, I think it's a very serious... Uh, uh, problem, Uh, I think it's more serious than the virus itself, that people are being uh, ramped up uh, on fear. Um, Now we have a choice. We can sit there and watch TV all day long or not. Um, I think the best thing is for us to keep informed of of the virus, but we've been told repeatedly that if we stay healthy, even if we get the virus, it's gonna be like a cold with some flu-like symptoms and we'll be fine. It's the people that are in the high risk who are uh, elderly and who are smoking and drinking and have heart conditions, diabetes, kidney uh, issues, and uh, compromised immune systems, and those who are not well who are the ones who are the highest risk. But all of us can reduce our fear if we simply do what we're told to do, which is, um, stay, uh, you know, keep washing our hands, don't touch our faces, not a lot of touch, you know, not staying in safe proximity from other people. Um, but instead of doing the kinds of things that will keep us calm, we are, um, engaged in this, uh, you know, mentality of, you know, rushing to the grocery store, first thing in the morning, being stressed out, Um, well, as I reported in the article, um, Fox news had said that, you know, the alcohol and food deliveries were, you know, off the charts, higher, higher, higher. And so what's happening is people are staying home and being fueled by all the fears. And then they're self-medicating with alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, pills, whatever else they're doing, food, and all these things are making them more susceptible to being um, badly harmed by the virus if they get it. And that's my main point here, is that you know to, to, to keep ramping up the fear and intensifies the addictive responses that almost all of us have, by the way.
1: You mentioned things like washing your hands and things like that pretty much being drilled into us. Are there uh, any kind of strategies that you can suggest to keep these dangers at bay aside from some of these physical type things we can do?
0: Well, I think the most important thing is to to do the physical things and also the mental part of it, which is, you know, you can look around you right now, are you safe right this moment? Um, You know, is everything on the wall? Is your furniture in place? Uh, Do you have to watch all the TV that's, um, you know, intensifying your anxiety? Or can you do things that keep you calm? You know, every, each one of us has a bo- inner voice within us that's always ready to help us to stay calm. Mm. But when we listen to that part of the mind that says, oh, no, 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 I've got to rush to the grocery store first thing in the morning before anybody else gets there and get all the food. And actually, it's like putting everybody who's the most susceptible in a Petri dish first thing in the morning. And, you know, people are touching everything in the store. And, you know, the, the seniors are allowed to go. I don't know about your state, but in our state, the seniors are allowed to go an hour early in the morning. So it's like, contaminant. It's almost like a herd mentality, you know, rather than staying connected to our own inner voice and staying calm. And, uh, we have a choice, you know, we can, we can sign up for whatever we want to sign up for. We can sign up for, uh, the fear or we can sign up for, you know, what do I need to be afraid of right this moment? And if I'm taking good care of myself, I really have very little to fear.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it with choice. That's that's a really important aspect. And and how about the role of fear in addiction? Because the type of fear we're seeing right now is really scary for those without addictions, let alone those with already underlying issues of this nature. And I don't know that most people realize the role that fear plays in addiction, period.
0: Yes. Well, I, I believe it's the root of all addiction. You know, I'm afraid if I don't um, take care of this uneasiness that I have that I won't be okay Rather than I can, you know, choose a loving way to take care of my anxiety and my concerns and my fear, or I can medicate it. And that's, you know, recognizing that we do have that choice and it does begin in our thinking. You know, I don't feel okay right now, so I need to do something about that. And then I better, you know, have a drink or I better have a cigarette or I better get on the internet or I better do something other than talk to myself and listen to that inner voice that says, you know, right now you're okay and are you doing the right things? It's a perfect time, if you're not doing the right things, it's a perfect time to, to stop doing the things that are putting you in a high risk. You know, to be terrified of getting a virus and yet 35 million people a year are dying from addiction-related illnesses. That's completely irrational. So this is an, uh, a point in time where we could actually say, Maybe it's a good time for me to quit smoking. Maybe I won't be so afraid of, uh, you know, getting pneumonia if I get um, the coronavirus. You know, maybe if I take really good care of myself and love myself, I won't have all this fear. Because it always is a choice between loving myself or choosing the fear. And when I'm reaching for an addiction, I'm saying I, I'm choosing fear, right? And as, as opposed to choosing to love ourselves.
1: Now, Dr. Marks, I know you use a technique whereby you help clients break unwanted patterns of behavior by combining psychoanalysis and spirituality. Again, we may not as often associate spirituality as an aid in breaking behavioral patterns so much as psychotherapy, psychoanalysis. This combination sounds interesting. So can you tell us a little bit about the technique and also what led you to combine them?
0: Well, what led me to combine them was just a lifetime of my own psychological and spiritual journey and finding out what did and didn't work. And um, I've had a lot of therapy myself uh, to heal my own childhood issues. And um, for me, psychoanalysis was very valuable because it was the first time I was able to, uh, and in spite of the fear and discomfort, I was able to stay committed to the process and actually have a relationship that I could trust. And for, for many of us, that's monumental because we have never had one. Often, when we've been raised in a an environment that wasn't safe, and we learned to um, the betrayal was normal. And then, um, I don't want to get into the the total psychoanalytic uh, training program here, but we tend to reenact those same. I call it the template. We tend to reenact those same types of relationships of our childhood, and so the betrayal continues. So. For me psychoanalysis was very powerful i understood how the past was affecting me now and then also to establish a trusting relationship um, which went over a long period of time and it does take time to um, if you have never had that kind of trust to develop it and then uh, in my spiritual journey i've studied it and taught a course in miracles for 30 years and the course in miracles aligns with psychoanalysis it teaches us that we are re- reacting always from th- something of our unhealed past. And um, to me, spirituality is love. You know, I don't go off on all these tangents of who's, you know, who's God is the right God and all that. I mean, what I teach my patients is how to love themselves. Uh, I care about them. I love them, but they have to love themselves. And so most of us actually do not know how to do that if we have not, been raised in that type of environment. So it's very basic starting off with the things I'm talking about today. You know, how are you treating your body? Are you constantly inundating it with toxic poisons or are you giving it, you know, nutrition that's healthy and are you um, keeping it hydrated? Are you giving it the right amount of exercise? Are you uh, choosing to to expose yourself to stress situations or things that make you feel bad about yourself? Are you choosing actions that make you feel good about yourself? And of course, we have to break it down. You know, I can't do the whole crash course and each individual is different, but that's basically it in a nutshell of learning what it looks like when you actually love yourself. And if you were a child again, you know, what would it feel like if your parents were giving you all of those elements that make you wake up in the morning and feel, Oh, here's another happy day. And I get to be with mommy and daddy and I get to, you know, play with my toys and I get to play with my friends and I can't wait to have my good little dinner, you know, and, and it it just, it's a positive experience, but when there's trauma in childhood, it's, it's not a positive experience, enough of a positive experience to carry us forward. So that's why I'd like to just stick with love because we all can, I don't think anyone can say that it doesn't exist. Whether you've experienced it or not, you know we all believe that it does exist. We just haven't learned how to treat ourselves with love.
1: Right. It all makes great sense. Now, gun sales are higher. Weddings are canceled. Other underlying illnesses can increase COVID-19. Births can't be stopped. So another frightening situation couples can face is there... One piece of advice maybe that you could offer from your experience that could help people, you know, coping during this current crisis and at least maybe point them in the right direction or where to look or best seek some calming, such as the things that you do, what should they be looking for?
0: Yeah, so like for people in recovery that shut down the meetings, which is, you know, really terrible health issue. Um, in Florida, we are allowed to have essential businesses still stay open. So we have clubhouses here that offer 12-step meetings. Um, but they've closed down the clubhouses, um, because of the panic. And, um, so people are having to do online meetings and, um, you know, there's millions and millions of people, um, am just talking about AA right now. I mean, there's all kinds of addictions with all kinds of 12 step meetings, but particularly for people who, let's say they just got sober off of opiates or, or drugs or alcohol, and now they have nowhere to go other than online. And uh, I don't know if anyone's really taken into consideration those deaths. I, I'm sure they will far exceed um, the coronavirus. And I saw in the news last night that there was 10,000 suicides since the virus. Wow. Now this is just utterly irrational and, and ridiculous. Um, so you know we need to really put everything into perspective and um, you know, one illness that kills people, you know, at a lesser rate than one that's killing them at a greater rate, you know, the solution is worse than the, 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 the problem, um, really, you know, doesn't make sense at all. So again, what people can do to calm themselves, number one, uh, do all the things that are recommended and keep reassuring yourself, I'm doing what's recommended and I'm safe right now. Uh, if you feel, and uh, you know, I, I'm still in my office. Some people are coming in, some people are not. I'm doing all the sterilization procedures and all, sure. but I want people to feel safe. So I'm saying if you're, if you're feeling safer doing an online um, session, let's do that. And um, so really the most important thing is to minimize your exposure to the crisis, stay informed, but if you're staying glued to the TV set news all day long, which is, making you feel worse, then it doesn't make sense to keep doing that. Whatever's going on with the virus, you can find out in five minutes on the news. You don't need to stay glued to the TV set. The Martians are coming. The Martians are coming. Right. Very good advice. It's not helpful, you know, and take nice warm baths and uh, light some candles, listen to good music, play cards, play games. You know, I I was just on a session earlier with an elderly woman, she's actually in her seventies and she's just calling around, checking on people and it's making her feel good about herself and it's taking her mind off of herself. So reaching out and, um, and you know, doing crossword puzzles, all kinds of old fashioned things that can keep your mind in a good place. But the most important thing is to listen to that inner voice. That's your connection to your own self-love, and that's the thing that can help you the most.
1: Okay, and I know we're running out of time with you, so can you quickly tell us a little bit about your recent book, Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, One Cure, and where listeners can find it?
0: Sure, it's available on Amazon.com, and I wrote the book because uh, after being in the field for over 30 years in mental health and and addiction, uh, I noticed that uh, there was a real serious problem with people who would go to great lengths to stay sober by going to treatment or which could be therapy or residential or um, a variety of ways. And uh, the relapse was so high. And so um, I, I started noticing that there's certain things that were, were missing. And so, and, and also what, what was the formula between people that were staying sober and were actually happy? You know, a lot of times people will stop an addiction but they're not happy. So what I noticed is that the people that were happy actually were able to heal their past and then also find that self-love. Uh, the people that stayed sober and weren't happy often were just transferring their addiction to one thing to the next. And that's what what I really believe is that there isn't, you know, a thousand different addictions. There's only one. There's one addiction and it's that uh, void that's inside of a person that we're always trying to fill, you know, something's missing here and, you know, I I can get a quick, you know, I can get a quick feeling from the drink or the, or the, uh, right now, but I think the number two, the three addictions are gambling and pornography. Uh, you know, that gives you that quick endorphin or the quick dopamine hit. And, uh, but the, the cost for that, you know, to your feeling good about yourself is overwhelmingly, I mean, we can repress it, but it's kind of like throwing garbage in the can until the lid won't stay on any longer. So, you know, eventually people just feel horrible about themselves and then they need more and more and more. So it's it's a game of more and more and more to feel better, but we're really just feeling worse, worse, worse. So one of the things that I really have helped people to understand is that you can't, you know, you can't quit drinking and not heal that uh, early trauma that's going on. And And then you have to learn how to love yourself because... What happens is if you're not learning how to love yourself every time you don't feel good or every time you feel empty or every time you feel reactive or angry or whatever the feeling is, you're going to have a thought that's going to tell you, go ahead and do it. You know, you, you, you haven't had that chocolate pie you know, for, you know, you can have a cookie or, you know, go ahead and get on the, on the internet. You know, and then you, you haven't done anything bad for a long, long time. You know, it's just once or, you know, you can have a drink. You haven't had a drink in five years. You can have a sip of wine. Come on, man. Right. And so that, that thought will occur to you. And then if you don't know how to love yourself, you're going to listen to that thought. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's what keeps people in that cycle of relapsing because they never really Number one, they've never really healed the addiction, which is that invisible hole inside. And number two, they haven't learned how to love
1: themselves. All right. That's Exit the Maze, One Addiction, One Cause, One Cure. You can pick that up at uh, Amazon.com. And lastly, where can listeners find you on the web?
0: www.drdonnamarks.com. And we're also going to be launching an online course in the very near future, probably within two weeks for people who would like to get the book and actually, you know, do their own program um, with, you know, with the, uh, the group and with myself as a, the therapist. So that's something to keep in mind also.
1: All right. That's great that you're helping people in that way. And Dr. Marks, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. And of course, best wishes with the recent book and your work in psychotherapy and addiction. Be safe.
0: JB. Big JD, Thank you so much for having me on the show. It was really fun.
1: Great. Thank you. Again, I would like to thank Dr. Donna Marks for being on the show today. Visit her on the web at drdonnamarks.com. That's drdonnamarks.com. And she's the author of numerous books on psychotherapy and addiction, and you can find those on Amazon. I can't stress enough about the current state we're in globally. Please follow the guidelines set out by officials to help curb contact and the spreading of COVID-19. This thing is real. It's taking many lives, and we have to do our part to lessen its effects, and on a global level. I think for the most part we are standing together on this please don't dismiss it think it's just a conspiracy or that it can't happen to you would you really rather be sorry for taking that attitude do your part and if not for yourself do it for the rest of us and my good friend and musician kevin gano a very talented bass player and guitarist who was uh, actually on the show not long ago talking about his new cd he and i recently released a crisis related music video called lockdown and you can find that on the oms entertainment youtube channel Just head over to YouTube, search OMSENT, OMSENT, you'll find it there, and we hope you'll share it. Until next time, be healthy, be safe, be good to each other, and we will get through this pandemic. Let's hope that we'll all be better for it on the other side. Visit youtalkingtome.ca for more show info. That's the letter U talking the number two me.ca and keep an eye on bigjdandlipo.com because a new season of big jd and lipo in the morning just may be coming soon all the you talking to me shows are currently on podbean visit you talking to again the letter U talking the number two me.podbean.com or listen to itunes or apple podcasts subscribe to the show and until next time this is you talking to me i'm big jd thanks for listening